What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. I haven't done this before. I haven't said this before, but uh, I want to thank you for joining me on my uh, walks at night. This has uh, <laughs> been fun to be able to talk to somebody about baseball cards for many, 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 many hours over the past couple of years. Uh, it's been very fun, and uh, it really kind of helps uh, uh, my walks kind of go by a little faster, and uh, yeah, it's been enjoyable. So, uh, tonight, what I'd like to talk about is other collections uh, one, in two different ways. So, uh, and that'll kind of uh, make more sense as, as I get to, to talking more, I guess, here. But, uh, anyways, the first uh, thing I want to bring up is, you know, what have you collected in the past? Uh, or maybe what you collect now? Uh, I will uh, talk about this uh uh, from my own personal experience, um, and first of all, we'll go into uh, the baseball card portion, and then we'll go deeper into some other collections as well. Uh, so, uh, one of the first things that I, uh, and I just brought this up actually uh, a few podcasts ago, how uh, I was really, when I came back into the hobby uh, in 2006 or seven. I was really kind of struggling a little bit to start thinking of what I wanted to collect. I got in at first, you know, to have a mission. I think whenever we collect, we always, we're all like try to set up our own missions, right? Of what we want to do. So I started trying to collect one complete set of everything from 1980 to 1993 or so, basically from the time I was born to when I stopped uh, collecting as a kid. Uh, which I actually found out recently that I think it was really kind of at 94 when I stopped uh, because I was looking at a 94 Bowman's Best Refractor and I go, huh, that looks familiar. It looks familiar from my childhood. I've got a childhood memory of this that was kind of unpacked when I was when I was looking at it. But in any event, uh, I also got into any and every game used card that I could get my hands on because I thought they were like the coolest things ever. They're the bee's knees, you know. And, uh, and so beyond that, I was, I kind of flailed a little bit because I was like, none, neither of these really do it for me. Uh, so I started thinking like, what players do I want to collect? Uh, Pujols, Clemens, Ricky Henderson, Barry Bonds, Frank Thomas, Ken Griffey Jr. Love all those guys. Who do I want to collect? And I just couldn't really, uh, settle on it. So obviously I got really into Conseco and the rest is history, so to speak. Um, but along the way, something interesting happened. I always had this question in the back of my mind uh, as I'm buying, you know, the my 200th parallel number to 25 uh, in autograph of Conseco or whatever. Uh, I was thinking, if I took all of this money that I put into Jose on all of these little cards that are out of 50 and 75 and 100 and the uncut proofs and so on and so forth what could I get in terms of Walter Johnson uh, the best pitcher ever in history of baseball could I get a turkey red what about a Ty Cobb T206 and these uh, these questions I had for myself they, they did two things they haunted me and they intrigued me they haunted me because I started thinking what on earth am I doing <laughs> trying to get all these cards that are printed like yesterday and uh, and the plans I have to uh, buy more of them as they're printed. 
uh, that was that was kind of the thing that haunted me. Like, what on earth am I doing here? Uh, the thing that was intriguing to me is I realized that really, if I wanted, if I put my mind to it, I could sell them and go towards those cards. So I remember a few times staying up late at night and uh, trying to formulate what I could get for my collection and uh, and put together a, a dream list based on what was on eBay for what I could get. And so I looked at like some Satchel Pages and Jackie Robinsons and Babe Ruths and, uh, you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson. And I was really uh, surprised at what I could get. Now, keep in mind, I could only get a small handful of cards for the collection I had, but a small handful of cards would pack a huge, huge, huge punch, like really good stuff. And I would always think about it for a little bit, and eventually I would never do anything and just go to sleep and think, okay, that was kind of an interesting exercise, uh, kind of fun to think of it that way. But, you know, so uh, every now and then I, I do think about like what other little side uh, PCs that I want to do. What, what else do I want to collect in this hobby? Um, I also have like a, an Albert Pujols rainbow from 2019 Prism just because uh, they have so many different variations of that card. Uh, it's insane. And uh, I loved them. I loved them all. So not only, uh, so I, I actually have like 26 of the 27 variations or 27 of the 27, uh, 28 variations. I also have like about 15 or 20 different customs that I created to kind of extend the rainbow, which is kind of fun too, right? So, uh, you know, I always like to think of these little side piece, uh, PCs uh, and, you know, what we could do. So, uh, you know, my question is for you, um, if you could, and let's say you take all of your cards in your collection, if, you, if you're not collecting what you collected right now, whether it's like Houston Astros or just Super Fractors or uh, just Bowman Chrome Rookies or whatever. Let's say you could get your cash value for those now, okay? What would you collect instead? You know, it's kind of a fun thing to think about. And maybe look on eBay and see what you could get. And just to kind of, it kind of broadens your horizon a little bit. It also helps uh, uh, spice things up a little bit in your uh, collection, in your hobby. Because uh, I think a lot of times when we set ourselves in motion on a, on a, uh, a one-lane journey, we start uh, finding ourselves kind of in a rut. Because we're getting cards specifically only because we don't have them, not because they excite us. That's what happened to me for, for a long time anyways. It's like I, I was getting you know, 10, 15, 20 cards uh nearly every day or at least every week and a lot of them were like eh, i'm trying to hype myself up about them like and find meaning out of every single card which you can by the way uh if you if you think about hard enough you can scrutinize a, a player's picture and say oh yeah this is great because this is the first time they uh, use this uh, picture for this card or the gold goes perfectly with his jersey, and oh, I like how he signed it this way. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a million ways to talk yourself into really falling in love with any card out there <laughs> that you get, and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, so, uh, but the problem is, is I realized that, you know, when all was said and done, after weeks and weeks and weeks of this, I would only get like 
one card, two cards every month that were really kind of worthy of, uh, of awe, you know? So it does kind of help to think about a side PC and, and maybe not necessarily just, uh, you know, selling what you have, but maybe offsetting your collection and supplementing it with a different type of uh, card where, you know, I think you'll find pretty quickly that if you're spending hundreds or maybe thousands of dollars in your uh, main PC of cards that you really don't care too terribly much about, you have no idea how much excitement that can bring in another lane, uh, another side PC of some sort. Uh, that's what I've experienced time and time again when it comes to vintage cards, when it comes to Transformers, to Voltron, to comic books. And so uh, that's kind of a good segue. I'll, I'll talk about my other side uh, collections here as well, just because it's kind of it's kind of fun because the all of these collections have been born out of me basically selling uh, cards from my Consego collection. And uh, it's been uh, tremendous because uh, I have like this high level of excitement all across the board. Now, keep in mind, none of my collections are like super duper deep, okay? I mean, the, the guy that I super collected uh, for years, I had over 5,000 unique cards of his at one point. Now I have less than 200, if I remember correctly, but it's all killer stuff. Like there's no, there's no card that I have been playing on keeping at least where I'm like, eh, I'm apathetic about it. All of them I love. And that's great. That's a great way to be. Uh, you know, and even, I think I could even whittle down some more if, if I wanted to. And, uh, you know, what happens when you whittle down is like, so long as you don't fully regret like selling or moving on from, you know, some incredible cards, uh, it makes what you have that much more special. And so, uh, when it comes to uh, these other collections, same thing goes with uh, with vintage. When I think vintage, I think basically anything pre-1980 <laughs> is basically what I think of. So, But when I collect vintage, I want to make sure it's pre-war. Uh, virtually everything I have pre-war is 1934 or before. And, you know, that's all. And it's only of like uh, super... Uh, Hall of Fame caliber guys, uh, for the most part, or superstars that might not have made it in, like Shilis Joe Jackson, for instance. Um, other than that, the cards I have are in sets, like the Allen Ginter set, or the Goodwin set, or you know the A35 round set, um, those sorts of things. So, I you know I don't have a deep, deep, deep vintage collection by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and I'll give you kind of like a little bit of an example. I have a buddy named Keith that's really big into vintage and he is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, to cards and he goes online and he will, uh, you know, on social media, he'll post all the time like a nice little history lesson that's backed up by certain cards in his collection. He's got all kinds of Hall of Fame cards and, you know, just really amazing stuff. Uh, it's much more broad. And, you know, so for me, I admire that wildly for sure. Um, it's just, you know, that's not really what I'm about. Like, so for example, uh, you know, there's a, uh, an amazing player back then named uh, Three Fingers Brown. 
great pitcher, um, but you know, I have no desire to collect him uh, personally for me. I can find uh, more uh, satisfaction or enjoyment putting that money into like a Ty Cobb or maybe a Kinseiko uh, I don't have that I love or uh, perhaps something like a you know super key comic book or you know something like that so uh, you know that's kind of where I've set my level of collecting at I have different areas of collecting that I do now but I make sure that if I you know put any money in any of them it's because I love the heck out of them so for comic books for instance so here's my little my little journey through how I got through each one of these uh, uh, fandom, so to speak. So I told you about the vintage cards. Let's uh, go over to the comic books, for instance. So uh, a number of years ago, I think probably a decade or more ago, there was a television show that came on. And I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like one of those, like, help me, I'm uh, addicted to something or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so the story was basically was this... Uh, uh, boyfriend girlfriend they were about to get married or something i think and the girlfriend was like her fiance or whatever was like i am so frustrated with my fiance he's got tons like thousands of comic books and they're all over our apartment and we can't you know i can't really walk into a room without them comic books like being like stuffed all over the place and i just thought that was the funniest thing and uh, and so you know they bring in this mediator you know who who really kind of lays down the law and you know don't you love her more than your comic books he's like well yeah but i love my comic books too and so uh long story short what happened was uh you know he took uh half of his uh, comic collection we're talking thousands of them to a shop and the shop ended up making an offer which he took he said look i will give you a hulk 181 for all of your collection here and the collection that he had was basically all like copper age stuff that was like low dollar well hulk 181 that's a that's a big deal of a book especially now uh it's uh, the first appearance of the wolverine and for some reason that just really kind of uh caught my attention for some reason oh wow over the years i heard that the price uh, like doubled and tripled and quadrupled and i always had in the back of my mind why don't i get one just you know oh man that sounds really cool and then after each time i heard that it you know kind of doubled in price or whatever i was like oh that sucks man like i'm not, I'm not ever going to be able to get it now and so uh, <laughs> i was like well after i sold the consego stuff i was like you know what I think I am going to get into this here. Um, let me see what, it, what it's done. So like the uh, price, I think, if I remember correctly, oh man, I'm guessing. I think I was able to get into one for like $1,900. That was a, uh, what do I have? 6.5 or 7.0, uh, I think it's probably 6.5, graded by uh, CGC. And uh, beautiful book. And, uh, you know, it really kind of started me to think, well, I love Marvel comics so much. Like, what else is there? So I started looking up, like, the first Punisher and uh, the first Avengers and the first X-Men. And, you know, the first, uh, the last book I, I picked up, well, the two, two ago, 
was uh, the first uh, Fantastic Four, which is a big deal. Um, it's this, the, I think it was Marvel's first comic book, if I remember correctly. Um, and there's some others, like, you know, the first appearance of Venom, the first appearance of uh, Carnage, and, like, all these others. And so I ended up picking them up at a great time because all of them, uh, you know, ended up, you know, really kind of skyrocketing, which is really cool. Uh, everybody loves to have that happen, right? <laughs> you know, but uh, but it was, it was fun because, like, I love those. I actually uh, have some on display in my office right now. As a matter of fact, I had a Cap Anson uh, E35 Goodwin from 1888 that I had displayed for a little bit. I actually swapped it out with my amazing Spider-Man 129. Uh, beautiful bright yellow uh, cover and artwork, and that's actually uh, the Punisher's first appearance. Um, so it was kind of fun to be able to mix it up where it's like not 100% uh, baseball in my in my office all the time that's uh if you see my office you'll know what i'm talking about anyways it's not 100 percent baseball as, as it was but uh, a few years ago it would have been all jose and that was it you know but now there's a bunch of all kinds of different fandoms in there and it's just uh, great my uh my wife doesn't like it my son thinks it's the coolest and you know i'm in heaven there so <laughs> but uh but anyway so same thing like when it came to transformers um I got into Transformers because of uh, just a few little relics of memories I had. And I was talking to somebody at a party uh, the other night about this as well, where uh, I remember a friend of mine uh, had uh, one of the uh, lime green construction trucks that uh, made up uh, uh, Devastator. And... As an adult, I'm 41 right now. I think I started thinking about this for the first time at like age 39. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. Like a robot that turns into a uh, construction vehicle that teams up with others and you know makes another giant robot. Like there is nothing that has been more genius that's been created in this whole world ever, you know? <laughs> and so that's that was kind of what got me into it. And I started researching kind of the older ones and ended up ultimately researching what they're doing now and was just absolutely fascinated by the pieces that they've come out with nowadays and not even that not just that but I've become like really interested in the custom paint jobs that these guys are doing so I've got a, a friend a now friend uh, in the Philippines uh, that does really well really good uh, cell shading work that makes these pieces look like they're actually cartoons like they're really trippy like you you can stand up a large transformer in front of you in real life and it looks like it's a cartoon uh, really kind of a cool like really cool uh, uh, effect and I've got another guy in Florida uh, that does some really good custom work as well to make him look like battle worn or whatever but like the point is, is like, I don't have like a massive collection of these, but, uh, but I do have 15 or 20 pieces that I'm just like really excited about. And I would have never thought about getting into these uh, had I really kind of ever, um, you know, stepped outside of my comfort zone. And so uh, same thing with Voltron. Like I, for years, would every now and then do a search and I was thinking, what is that robot that has a bunch of lions that, you know, kind of, uh, 
you know, goes together and creates a bigger robot. I was like, what is that called? I don't remember. And so I do do a search and uh, all kinds of different Google searches. And I think for a couple of years, I even kind of gave up. And then after a while, like one year I got it, I go, ah, it's Voltron. And I remember getting, I think it was the blue lion. And uh, I knew that there are four other lions and I was like six or seven years old. And I was excited because mom and dad got that for me. And I said, well, what about the others? And they said, well, if you keep asking for them on uh, Christmas or your birthday, uh, you'll be able to have the whole, the whole robot. I go, oh man, oh man, I'm going to be like an adult by the time that happens. You know? <laughs> and so I was kind of bummed and I actually never got past the, the blue lion. So I was able to pick up, uh, uh, you know, one that was the, original from like 1985 or so and I ended up picking up another one called the GX 71 and the Lego version and I have a, another uh, version from uh, Blitzway coming in uh, I'm really excited about but uh, anyway so it's just another thing uh, nostalgia just like uh, you know what called me back to baseball cards is kind of like what's calling me back to these even though I was never into comics or you know, Transformers or Voltron nearly as much as I uh, was into baseball cards. But with that said, I have these like uh, pieces from each fandom that I'm really excited about now. So it's kind of fun to be able to expand your horizon, but that's one side of it. Now, the next side of it would be to uh, talk about what you have that you've collected that you might uh, not really care about much anymore that's not baseball cards and funnel that back into baseball cards or into baseball cards uh, you know that's probably likely what will happen to me eventually at some point <laughs> so and the key is obviously no matter what uh, fandom you get into make sure you research the heck out of the value and make sure you buy right that way whenever it comes time to sell you can get your money back as well as make a little uh, extra also uh, eventually, I think probably what will happen, and maybe not, I don't know. I could see the money from that I put into Transformers, Voltron, and comics flow back into baseball cards, but I don't know. I just never know. Uh, I'm really kind of having fun with this little balance of everything right now. And uh, I've got a few uh, other pieces from Transformers to, that's coming in, and that's kind of why I've been focusing as far as purchasing goes in the past like oh i don't know a month or so because uh, there's nothing really on my radar uh you know for for a cardboard that i've seen come up recently so uh it's kind of like okay let's hop on a transformers <laughs> you know it's kind of fun <laughs> and another thing when it comes to other collections um man i just love hearing what other people are into like i'm just fascinated like uh atticus he's got a friend i think i probably told you about him before uh he, uh, his name is Josh, and uh, he is wild about pens. He loves collecting pens. And, uh, you know, we go to the same church. We used to, at least. He's off to college now, but uh, I'm sure whenever he comes back home, he'll, you know, come back to our church. But um, anyway, every, every Sunday, he would come up to me with a, a pen in his pocket and show me, like, uh, the new pen that he got or, and why it's special, and he knows the the year that was made and the type of nub it has and uh, the ink that it takes and how it flows and everything like 
I don't know, like that stuff just really, really fascinates me. Uh, there's this other woman that was online that I ran into that has like the second largest uh, eraser collection in the world. Like <laughs> erasers. They're like uh, little cutout erasers of dinosaurs and strawberry shortcake and uh, you know promotional pieces, uh, free advertisement pieces. Uh, you know, I mean, just all kinds. And she has them in jars and canisters and all over in a room. And man, like I just gotta tell you guys, like this stuff is like so fascinating to me. So fascinating to me. I mean, my, my cousin, when she was younger, she used to collect candy bar wrappers. <laughs> We're definitely a, a collecting people, that is for sure. Uh, but going back to my uh, previous, uh, uh, my previous question to you is like, if you have another, another PC of something, personal collection of you know, erasers or pens or whatever, and you uh, aren't really too excited about it, but you just collect them just because. Have you considered cutting ties with them or cutting back drastically and putting that money into baseball cards that you could be like super excited about? Um, I typically tend to be way, way, way more excited about baseball cards than anything else. But there are some pieces of Transformers and Voltron and comics that I just go nutty after. So uh anyways that's just something to think about like if you uh um, are into die cast cars for instance and they don't really do it for you anymore they're just taking up a lot of room you know remember we are in the age of uh being able to buy sell and trade pretty much anything so if you uh if if you have a collection that you need to sell or want to sell you can do it you know you just need to uh, block out a certain portion of time this goes to cards as well um, to take good pictures, research the pricing, and post them. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Like, you can literally do that now. <laughs> you know, there's no need to wait and say, oh, down the road I will or whatever, but I'm not trying to push you into doing anything you don't want to do. But I do think that there's a lot of people that are hanging on to things uh, that they don't care about in life, that that money could either do one of two things. Number one... It could enhance their life by making it a lot easier because you could pay off some bills or you could take that money and put it into something that you really, truly love. That doesn't just go for collections, by the way, guys. Like that goes for the pictures on your wall, uh, the trinkets that's on your desk right now. There are a lot of things that can make a lot of money uh, <laughs> that you're sitting on probably right now that, and it could be in the hundreds of dollars. It could be in the thousands of dollars. And you know, if it's not bringing you a ridiculous amount of joy compared to what you could have with that money uh, that you put in somewhere else, get rid of it. You know, sell it. There's a lot of opportunities to sell. You have uh, eBay, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, Nextdoor. I mean, there's just so many things out there. And we have such a society, such a culture of people that collect that there is almost a buyer for pretty much anything depending on the price, of course. So anyways, keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, dream big. Think about this. This, this, whole, this whole exercise starts with the one question, if I had the money instead of these pieces I don't care about, what would I do with that money? Really uh, just such a fun exercise uh, to think about. And that's the beginning of action. You know, once you have that and you're motivated enough, you'll go out and do it.
you know, so this time next year, your room, your house, your office, whatever it is, might look wildly different if you, uh, you know, put these steps into action. Uh, take all the things that you don't care about, sell them, research what you do love, and buy those at the right price. And uh, you can you can be way more content than you are now for sure. Um, of course, that <laughs> that doesn't work all the time. Sometimes uh, when you get more stuff, you want more stuff. But you know you can you can be much more satisfied with what you have compared to what you did before because all of your stuff that you have is what you love. So just a few thoughts for the night. Um, so uh, maybe that'll, that'll get you to be thinking throughout the day if uh, you have anything that you could uh, get rid of. And that's another thing, by the way. Like, let's say if you find $500 worth of stuff that you could sell that you don't care about, you might be like, well, you know, Tanner, I don't know. Like, why would I do that? There's nothing I can think of that I really uh want right now that's okay because there's going to be a day when something comes up that you really really want and if you have that money all ready to go you'll be super happy that you sold so those are my thoughts uh if you have any thoughts yourself please feel free to share i would appreciate it um thank you as always for uh listening to my podcast and also by the way check me out again uh, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash tan man baseball fan. Thank you all. Have a great day.